Welcome to Politics and Psychology. I am your host, Dr. Renee Carr, and today we are going to be discussing age, politics, and hypocrisy. But before we do that, I do want to give you an update on Whole Foods and their use of GMOs. So I will click or I will add the link that you can click on it for the prior episode of GMOs. Um, especially those in Whole Foods and in your salmon. So please, please listen to that for your own health and safety and so that you won't be misled by packaging. So in that episode, I was talking about how on almost every shelf in every aisle in Whole Foods, they use GMOs in their products, especially the products that say made in-house. So since then, I have seen what they have made a concerted effort to actually add in non-GMO labeling on their packages for their 365 brand. They have also added other products and brands that don't have GMOs in there. So there are less of them, but they are not obsolete inside Whole Foods. Specifically, if you get any of the foods or the prepared drinks inside Whole Foods, they still use GMOs and it will say on the packaging contains a bioengineered food ingredient. So although they are making some progress, they are not truly focusing on whole or wholeness in their foods because they're still using GMOs. But they have improved somewhat, so still make sure you're looking on the back of your products, back of the food items, and don't assume that just because it comes from whole foods that it is indeed a whole food. So today we're talking again about age, politics, and hypocrisy. And that's because with the 2024 primary um, presidential election, then we're seeing a lot of statements made in the media and in the press about President Joe Biden's age. And they are specifically talking about how he is mentally unable to lead our country as president. Their beliefs that he moves too slow, talks too slow, and is forgetful. However, they are not using these same comments or complaints when considering a former President Trump. Trump is 77 years old and Biden is 81 years old. So this gives them a four-year age difference. Now, both of them are in the geriatric age category. So this is not the same as if they were children where there is a significant difference of four years. For example, an infant that's zero years old, like one day old versus four years old is a huge difference. There's also a huge difference between a child who is 14 years old versus 18 years old. So when you talk about geriatric age persons, 77, 80, there is no significant difference. But part of the reason that there are concerns of President Biden being over 80 is because of the common misunderstanding and belief that just because someone is older, that they are likely also going to have dementia. But that is completely not true. Dementia or Alzheimer's disease are diseases and the neurocognitive diseases that don't always happen. So not every person who becomes 75, 80, or 90 is going to have a significant cognitive decline. And that's why it's called a disease because it doesn't happen naturally for all populations. So because of that, Let's discuss what is normal human development for cognitions or how we think from childhood all the way to adulthood. And then I will also explain how the hypocrisy of how politics is using this to be manipulated for the general voter. So 
let's examine the normal human brain and mental development. In science, the study of how people think, remember, and learn is called cognitive psychology. And cognitive focuses on the brain and the mind. Now, there's a difference because the brain is the actual physical structure that's inside your skull that you can touch. However, the mind is where the brain houses the thinking processes that humans will do. And when we look at the cognitive psychology, when we then study how does that mind develop its thinking ability, that's called cognitive development. So it's how the human brain grows and how the mind develops with that growth. Now, there are differences in how children think, remember, and learn versus how adults think, remember, and learn. And for that reason, cognitive psychology and cognitive development are further broken down into two areas of study. So we have childhood cognitive development and adulthood cognitive development. In normal human development, a person is born with a brain. However, although that child does have a brain, and does have a mind, both of them are not fully formed. So meaning the brain, the physical structure is not fully formed, and therefore the mind is not fully formed or developed. There are several psychological theories, though, of how this happens. And the most common one, or not the most common, but the most researched and the most applied one was created by Jean Piaget, who was a Swiss psychologist. And his theory of cognitive development outlined four primary stages of how children begin to think and how they begin to solve problems. And he was specifically interested in not only how they differ in their development and the ability to think, but also how the different ages between children and older children and adolescents, what those differences are and how those patterns of thinking emerge. And what I like and what a lot of other psychologists like is that he wasn't just using a theory based off of just his own theory. He actually used scientific methodology, meaning he did a scientific empirical approach to his theory, as well as using experimental methods and systematic observations. So I definitely love that because it takes out a lot of the objectivity and the theoretical point of it, but it does add some scientific data to it. So in his systematic observation, then Jean Piaget identified the differences in how younger children think versus older children. And again, then again, he determined the four stages of how the mind develops from infancy through older childhood. So the first stage is called the sensory motor stage. And this is from infants, meaning just born, all the way through two years of age. This is a stage where the child begins to understand his or her world through sensory experiences and motor activities. So if you think about it, you know, babies just kind of just sit there and eat and poop and just look at everything and they're cooling. So they are understanding their world through their sensory experiences, their five senses, and also their motor, meaning now that they can stand up, hold their head up, touch something, and also hold on to something, they're able to then use those motor skills to also begin to understand the world. The second stage of cognitive development occurs between the ages of two and seven years old, and this is called the pre-operational stage. And in this stage, the child begins to develop the ability to use symbols, 
to represent objects and events. And these symbols can be letters, and then those letters somehow being put together to then create words, or also pictures to represent words. This is when they also begin to develop language skills and understanding what words mean what. They also use the symbols meaning just regular images. So they may see an image of a heart, the, the icon um, or iconic image of a heart, and then assume that to mean, oh, okay, well, then the heart means love. They may also see a box in wrapping paper and say, oh, okay, that means it's a birthday gift. In the second stage, they also begin to engage in pretend play, meaning, okay, this is not a stick, this is a sword. So although they're able to think in ways of symbols and symbols representing objects or events, they don't have a lot of abstract thinking outside of their pretend play. So they still think in very concrete terms, meaning if I see a puppy, a puppy is something that's short, brown, four legs, and has a furry tail, then anything that is short, brown, with a furry tail, I will then assume will be a puppy. So children think in the age of pre-operational stages, which is two to seven years old, in those very concrete terms. Concrete, defined in scientific terms, means it's a physical rule about what you see, hear, feel, or experience in the present or in the moment. So if you think of cement and concrete, it's very hard and inflexible. So with a concrete thinking child, they think very hard physical rules about this is inflexible, that it has, if it has four feet and it's brown with a fluffy tail, then it must be a dog. So children with concrete thinking in the general public term, it will be considered very literal. So that's what we mean by concrete thinking. But when they get to the third stage of cognitive development, this is called the concrete operational stage, and it occurs between the ages of 7 and 11 years old. And during this stage, the child develops the ability to use logic in concrete ways, meaning just because it's a glass of water and it's, for example, 8 ounces, uh, concrete thinking would say, oh, okay, well, if it's a taller glass, therefore, if it looks taller and there is more liquid looking like it's in there, then therefore that must have more water. However, when they get to the third stage, they'll be able to apply logic, meaning, okay, well, I can see that it's the same eight ounces of water. So whether it's a short, wide glass or a tall, skinny glass, it's still the same eight ounces. So although the children are able to think more logically, about concrete ways of thinking, they are not completely able to let go of those rules and fully engage in more abstract thinking or more higher level thinking. And that's what occurs in stage four, which is the final stage of the child cognitive development. This begins from age 11 and continues through their young adulthood and is called the formal operational stage. So they're able to think abstractly and hypothetically, they also are able to have the ability to understand moral, ethical, social, and political issues, and they can apply their abstract thinking to understand or solve problems. For example, if they understand, okay, well, what is fair or what is justice, 
And then I may view that by my prior knowledge in the third stage of FAIR is everyone gets 50-50. So they're able to apply prior knowledge to abstract thinking to solve problems that may not have a clear black or white answer. So with that ability to be more flexible in their thinking, then they can also apply that prior information to not only solve problems, but to also think strategically, consider multiple options, and then plan, and then also applying one concept to another concept to then create a strategy or a plan. So those are the four stages of Jean Piaget's cognitive development theory. And because he also used empirical methodology or a scientific approach to it, this is also the basis for a lot of the intelligence tests that we give to children, like the Stanford Binet. So there's a lot of intelligence tests based off of these stages where we can predict is a child at a particular area of development or is that child lower and therefore is there a cognitive or intellectual disability? So now let's go to the cognitive development in adults. So don't forget, at the end, we're also going to discuss how age is being manipulated in the media, social groups, political parties to further an agenda, but it's also being done with hypocrisy. So when we look at cognitive development in adults, then usually within adults, our cognitive thinking will peak in our mid-20s, meaning that we'll have an increasing ability to integrate emotion and logic versus when you're younger, 18, 19, or 12, you're thinking more so with emotions. You're thinking about the in-the-moment experience and more concrete thinking. So as we get older, we would expect individuals to cognitively develop in their ability to add emotion to their logic, but not let emotion be the primary motivation of how they understand a situation. Also, during the development in adults for cognitions, we're able to be more flexible in our thinking, whereas when you're younger, you're more rigid, meaning if we have to go to bed at 8 o'clock, then that means everyone has to go to bed at 8 o'clock, so it's more rigid. Or if it means that I get to have more game time for an hour every day, then even if I have no sleep at all because, you know, I don't know, something crazy happened, then I still must get that eight, that one hour of game time. So it's less rigid thinking the older that we get. So it's more flexibility. We're also able to consider more views about a situation. And so when you're thinking abstractly, when you're thinking hypothetically, in the younger years, it's still going to be concrete and not fully flexible. But when you're able to also add logic into it, then you're able to then consider more options and more viewpoints from others' points of views as well as other possible outcomes. And this increases the ability of the young adult to be able to make better decisions and to solve problems that are not, again, just emotion-based. Another reason why cognitive development in adults peaks around the age of 20 is because, you remember, the cognitions are the mind part of it, but there's the brain function that's also a variable, a contributing variable. So in our brain, the front of your brain, if you look at your forehead, behind your skull is called the prefrontal cortex. So it's the front of your brain. And this is the physical structure of the brain that is responsible for executive functioning in human cognitions. 
and executive functioning, think about like the executive in a business, it's the ability to make decisions to solve problems. And in executive functioning for psychology, it's our mind's ability to solve problems by being able to focus our attention, filter out distractions, set and achieve goals, prioritize what is important, then make a plan, control our emotional impulses, as well as multitasking. So because this prefrontal cortex does not fully finalize its physical development of the brain until the age of 25, maybe 28, then because that physical structure of the brain is not completed, then that's also why we have lower maturity levels of individuals who are under 25. So in general, the prefrontal cortex, it develops during adolescence and it matures by the age of 25, but I said 25 to 28 because there are male-female differences. Specifically, the female brain will actually mature faster, the physical structure of it, and her structure of the prefrontal cortex will close and be completely formed two to three years younger or two to three years earlier than what the male brain happens. So that's why it may appear that women are often more mature than men in their younger years because the executive functioning, the thinking, the planning happens a whole lot sooner, at least two years sooner in females versus males. And this is another argument for um, there are gender differences biologically as well as psychologically. When you think about Piaget and his understanding of how children develop cognitively, we can see that children don't have uh, executive functioning ability. They're not born with the ability to make these decisions. So yes, they are born with the brain prayerfully, and they're also born with the mind. However, they only have the potential to develop these thinking abilities, these higher thinking abilities, such as executive functioning. So the three ways that our mind functions during our cognitive development during adulthood is one, working memory, two, mental flexibility, and that means the ability to apply different rules in different situations so you're flexible in your thinking, and also three, self-control. So the older you get, you have the physical structure of the brain being completely developed. Therefore, the mind is able to then completely make understanding connections of working memory, flexibility, and self-control, and then filtering out those distractions to then set and, set and achieve goals, make plans, and to consider various viewpoints. So this is what is considered cognitive maturity. Now let's go to the political implications and how this applies to Biden and Trump. So again, there's no significant age difference once you become in the geriatric age group of 70 and higher. And so if Biden is 81 and Trump 77, that four-year age difference biologically will only matter based off of the individuals, their physical health, how much they train their brain to think at higher levels, how much practice do they give their brain, and also how much are they engaged in intellectual activities. So although President Biden is older than Trump, 
you can see that they have two physical differences. And so often the heavier you are in your weight, the less active you are, the less active you are physically, you also less likely to have a healthier appetite or a healthier diet. And so diet contributes to lower executive functioning ability and lower levels of higher cognitive functioning. So you also may see President Biden walking slower than Trump, although he's walking slower. One of the biological reasons for that is there are studies when they look at Olympic runners and they study them throughout the years when they're at their height of the game as Olympians and then when they are no longer in the Olympic um, track, but then they are also then just regularly enjoying running and doing marathons. When you analyze their muscle fibers, although they may continue to run every day, have a very lean diet, low fat, not sedentary at all, meaning they have a very active lifestyle, the body itself will then begin to age and the muscles will then have the muscle fibers in it will then shorten. And because those muscle fibers are shorter, then the individual cannot jump as high or as far as when he or she was a younger athlete. So that's where you see older people walking slower because their muscle their muscles are not as flexible and their muscle fibers are not as long. However, this is not an indication that they have an intellectual or cognitive disability or a cognitive decline and therefore are not able to think about where their next step is or am I walking left or am I walking right. It just simply means that their muscles have shortened and therefore they're not able to walk as fast. This is why you may see older individuals not have a steady gait or wobble a little bit if they're having to try to get their balance again. And that's again because they're trying to navigate. I'm used to being able to jump up and do something really quickly or just walk without thinking. But now because my body is aging and it's different, I may have to put more time into it in addition to my muscle fibers being shorter. So I need to just walk slower because I'm not able to walk as fast as I did when I was younger. So again, when you think about the physical contributors to Biden versus Trump, Trump is not as physically healthy as Biden. So although we see Trump walking a little bit faster than we see Biden, that may be an age difference for Biden having older age and also shorter muscles. But even with those shorter muscles, he is still in the healthier physical stance than Trump. He um, Biden still runs, jogs, does his physical exercises, whereas Trump doesn't. So when we're adding that to cognitive ability and who is the healthier person as far as psychologically able to run the country, we can see that one, from the physical standpoint, Biden is physically healthier and also has a healthier diet. And then because Trump has a less healthy diet, just going off of his weight alone, we can also see that the diet may impact Trump's ability to think and to maintain higher levels of executive functioning more so than an older person who does have a healthier diet. Other variables that will contribute to cognitive decline are the environment. So when you are the president, it's a very high stressful situation. And so being in that environment may aid you physically. So you may have grayer hair, 
or white hair, and you may appear more stressed, have more age and wrinkles on your face because you're in a higher stress situation compared to Trump at this time has not been the president for the past four years. So although he has had stress from legal struggles, he hasn't had the daily stress of being a president. So therefore, where you may see more wrinkles on Biden's face over Trump's face, it doesn't mean that uh, because we see Biden walking slower and more wrinkles and whiter hair, that he is less cognitively able than uh, Trump, who has had more of a four year of a relaxation. A, a third contributing variable of cognitive ability is genetic history. We can also talk about social engagement. So the more socially engaged you are, usually the more happy you are, the more positive social connections you have, which can elevate your mood compared to someone if you are depressed, isolated, or lonely, then you will age a lot faster than someone who has a more active and enjoyable social life. So both of the individuals, both Trump and Biden, do have an active social life, so they would be equal on that variable. So this brings us to the political hypocrisy. When we have age being used as a determining factor to if someone is credible or viable as a strong candidate for presidency, you cannot use a four-year age difference as a determinant of Trump being a better candidate or a more qualified and capable candidate compared with President Biden. One, as we explained and explored, that a four-year age difference when you're over the age of 65, there is no incremental or significant difference on age when it's four years different. Also, there are other variables that are more important to a person's cognitive development and intellectual ability to serve as president, such as their health. And we can see that although Trump is four years younger than Biden, Trump is also more unhealthy physically than Biden. He's in less physical shape than Biden. So he is actually more at risk for hypertension or high blood pressure and a heart attack, which would preclude him from being able to serve the full term if that happened. And therefore, he's more at risk for an unhealthy diagnosis than it would be for President Biden. Also, if we're emphasizing that Biden is 81 and he's therefore older than Trump, it's not being made clear that it's only four years older and that Trump is four years younger, but is still more physically unhealthy than a man who is older than him. So using that hypocrisy by recognizing that age is being used to highlight the common misconception that the older you are, especially when you have a decade number, such as eight in front of the 81 versus seven in front of the 77 for Trump, then they're trying to emphasize that that one difference of the eight being in front of his age rather than the seven, that it's still only four years and that there is no four-year significance in cognitive development. It's also the spreading of misinformation that the older a person gets, the more likely he is to have a dementia, a cognitive disorder, or a neurocognitive disease. So remember that Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, dementia, all of those are diseases, meaning it's not normal human development. 
And therefore, you cannot assume that just because a person is older, that they are going to have one of these neurological or cognitive declines. Yes, they may have slower processing time, but it does not mean that they are going to have dementia where they're clearly unable to recall information, years worth of data. So the second hypocrisy is that there are several groups who argue against ageism, meaning disqualifying employees or individuals because they are of an older age, but yet they are then also saying that, well, we can't have this person, meaning Biden, as president because he is older. He is in the 80-year age bracket. So it's hypocritical to say on one hand that you are against the practice of ageism, but then also use ageism to say that Biden is not a viable candidate for presidency. It's also a hypocritical act to disregard and to dismiss Trump's age, considering that he is only four years younger than Biden, and to not also emphasize Trump's age and possible vulnerability to cognitive decline in the same conversation as when you are mentioning Biden's possible vulnerability to cognitive decline. And the last major area of hypocrisy is the total disregard for age, but for when it comes to children, but then emphasizing the age when it comes to adult. And specifically, the argument that children who clearly do not have the physical structure of their brain or the cognitive ability in their mind to make strategic, very thoughtful, emotionless decisions are able to make lifelong decisions to go along with gender dysphoria, to then have plastic surgery, to remove their breast or genitalia, to then become in physical appearance of their opposite sex. You can't say that, oh, well, they're smart enough or intelligent enough or cognitively capable enough to make a decision at that age if you can then also say that, oh, but when you're becoming 80, then you're not smart enough or you're not capable enough to make a decision. So you can't have on one end, you're not able to make a decision to be president, but you are young enough to be able to make a decision for a lifelong genital removal surgery. Again, the main point is that you cannot say that age does not matter when it comes to younger children making these decisions and being allowed to make the decisions and being removed from their parents' home for the state to reinforce the child making this decision without recognizing that cognitive development does change over the lifespan, but not so much that when you get older, you cannot make any decisions for yourself or for this country. So I hope you consider the hypocrisy of age and to remember that the science is what speaks for itself on who is and who is not a viable candidate for our 2024 presidency or any future presidencies, and also remembering the limitations of cognitive development when you are considering if a child is able to adequately, biologically, psychologically, and physically make decisions for his or herself that are lifelong, unchangeable when it comes to gender dysphoria. So I do hope that you enjoyed this conversation of of truly adding the science into the election process and the rumors of age disqualifying individuals, but also consider that that same argument must also be applied 
to children and what they're able to make a knowing and logical decision for or against. So as always, thank you for listening. Please continue this conversation. And when you do, remember to do so using science and love. And if you want